I often tell music therapy majors to not work too hard because I know that when I was in college, I worked my butt off and um, it didn't really get me further in life. Sure, I got good grades, but I also missed out on a lot of the social aspect of college. And it's one thing that I missed. It's one thing that I'm, that I wish I did differently. And besides that, I feel like college is the time to learn how to be an adult and how to take care of yourself and and just how to learn itself. And so I think it's more important to support college students learning how to care for themselves than how to get a good grade. So that's the the first piece of advice I always give to student music therapists. Um, Don't work too hard. Take a day off. Rest more. Don't worry about getting a perfect grade on this or that. There's so much more to life than good grades, than doing things perfectly. And I hope we all learn this lesson sooner rather than later. And it's definitely something I'm still learning myself, how to care for myself instead of doing things perfectly, trying to make more money, things like that. Um, it's all going to come together a lot better if I am a healthy and supported person. So this episode today is a compilation of um, myself and four other voices, uh, music therapists who have been in this profession for all different lengths of time, Um, we work in various different settings, we have different experiences, we live in different states, um, and this is our, our chance to share with you what we would tell our younger selves, what advice we would give. So enjoy the episode, and I'll catch you at the end. for my younger self. I spent a lot of time, probably the past week, thinking about this. And I think as a music therapist, working four years now, a really quick and easy answer would be make sure that you study that theory and you really hone in on those sight singing skills. (laughs) Uh, I think 
I don't know, that would be one of the easiest answers logistically, but the more I thought about it, the thing that kept coming up for me was you don't have to be any of the music therapists you learn from, any of the music therapists you observe, any of the therapists you look up to, because you're not them, and that's beautiful. And I think as music therapists, we take so much pride in what we do, and we take it on almost as part of our identity because we have to do so much self-advocation in the field with other professionals and even in, in our personal lives with our families and friends who don't completely understand what we do. But I think that makes it really easy to kind of take on that that professional life as part of who we are and kind of put our value into the jobs that we do which makes it really easy to fall into a pattern of burnout and comparison and self-doubt, which they're all normal things, but if you begin your career as a student just idolizing other therapists and wanting to be just like them and make sure that you're doing it right, then that can be really difficult as you try and find your own way in the world of music therapy and as professionals and just generally good human beings in the world. So I think the biggest thing that I would say to myself and even current students is be easy on yourself. You as a therapist bring so much good and heart that is completely unique to you and nobody else. Doesn't matter if somebody's been in the field for 20 years or six months, they're not you and you're not them. So really valuing each therapist for who they are and also understanding that you have very unique and special elements to bring into your therapy session. And it's also doing a disservice to any clients or other professionals that you work with if you're trying to be somebody else, trying to be a professor that you had, trying to be a therapist that you've seen videos of working. So I guess to sum it up would be be yourself and own what you have to offer because nobody else can do that. And be easy, be easy on yourself, support each other.
if I could talk to a younger me music therapy student, these are some of the things I would share. This can be a beautiful, fun, fulfilling job, but it can also be really hard and heavy sometimes. And that sometimes has something to do with you, um, but a lot of times doesn't. Um, it's important to kind of step back from a situation and look at where uh, that dis-ease is coming from. Um, yeah, uh, and along with that, there's no one right way to be a music therapist. I think when, when we're in school, we're often taught specific ways to be a music therapist. And I think maybe sometimes uh, classes, at least this was my personal experience, my kind of group of music therapists that I graduated with, um, we all kind of shared some similarities and some differences. And sometimes it felt like uh, I was doing it wrong. Um, and there's no no one right way. There's no, uh, no, no two snowflakes are the same and no two music therapists are the same. Um, another thing is to not wait for the applause or validation of others. Well, validation feels really good. It can sometimes cloud you from what actually makes the most sense for you as a music therapist and musician and person. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for what you need. That's something that I'm still learning and I've been in the profession for almost six years now. Um, what feels good for you might not feel good for someone else and vice versa. Um, it's important that you have the things that you need in place. One of those things for me is a support system. Being a therapist that travels a lot um, and is in pushing into classrooms and agencies, I spend a lot of time by myself. And for the first few years in the profession, I didn't have the supervision that I really needed. Um, so it's been really important for me to surround myself with a community of music therapists who understand me and who are there for me that supervision and community has been so, so, so important. Next, uh, you're allowed to just do music therapy as a job. It doesn't have to be your whole life. I felt like when I was in college, music therapy was like my whole identity. Um, I was so invested in our club and going to conferences and it was, it was my whole life. Um, and as I've gotten older and I've been presented with challenges in my personal life and I've encountered loss and, and things like that, um, I've realized that I'm allowed to take a step back from music therapy and music therapy is just one part of me and it's not the most important part of me. Um, the next thing on my list here is uh, don't give answers immediately unless you know it's a hell yes or a hell no. At least that's what I would have liked to hear. Um, when we're in a helping profession, it is so easy to want to help everyone and say yes to every opportunity. Um, and sometimes it's just not the right one. Um, so I have learned over the years um, to sit on emails and inquiries and questions and reply with a, I'll get back to you. Thank, for the, thank you for the opportunity. Um, and kind of wait and marinate and see what serves me. And with that, you are allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to change your mind about music therapy, about a job, about a contract, about a client, about a relationship. Um, it's okay to change your mind. Um, and if a situation feels weird, it's probably weird. Um, 
and it's probably not personal. Um, yeah. And my last thing on my list, something that I am always needing to hear and something that I know my younger self needed to hear a lot is you are enough. Uh, your musical skills are enough. Your writing skills are enough. Um, yeah, and that doesn't mean you can't want to get better and improve. Uh, but wh- wherever you are today is is plenty. It is enough. Good luck, music therapist. You got this. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm so excited and a little bit nervous to be part of this community episode. First of all, thank you to Kim for creating such a wonderful accessible and welcoming space for just us to all chat and work through things and support each other. It's awesome to see more and more spaces like this popping up. So yeah, I'm really grateful to be here. When I reflect on being a new professional or being a student intern kind of those those very formidable years in my life. Um, I have both a lot to say and not a lot to say <laughs> because I think there are always things we can look back on and wish we knew and wish we had done differently. But at the same time, uh, I wouldn't have done anything differently, right? Because we were on this journey and everything happens in the, the divine timing and we learn things as we're supposed to. But that being said, I'm obviously going to contribute to this this podcast episode. So just for everyone listening, I, um, after internship, took a position as a subcontracted music therapist. So that's the perspective I'll be speaking from and perhaps the one that I am most equipped to speak to. So as a subcontracted music therapist, it often feels like we're all ships passing in the dark. (laughs) Uh, It can be very isolating, can be very draining to be traveling and doing everything on our own. And you're, um, if you're subcontracted, you're essentially self-employed. So it can feel very overwhelming to be both this new professional and so used to having guidance and then thrust into a position where you are your own boss and there are some superiors and supervisors and administration and other people around but they're not necessarily close enough that they can provide you the the close guidance (laughs) that um at least for me, that guidance I needed. So the first advice I would give is ask for help. Uh, Ask questions. Ask for, it doesn't necessarily have to be a supervision situation. That would be ideal. But ask for help. Ask the people who have gone before you the things that come up in your mind. Build a relationship with them where you can feel comfortable asking them all your questions. That being said, there are definitely a lot of things that I didn't know I didn't know in my first years as a music therapist. For example, I was servicing many IEP clients, um, some who were homebound, so I wasn't even in the school to interact with um, their other teachers or 
you know, know anything other than what their home life looked like. And it wasn't until I was fortunate enough to be on an IEP team that invited me to team meetings, included me in emails, phone calls, planning, um, that I really realized how much I was missing out for all my other students. So until I had that experience, I didn't know what I was missing. So yeah, I guess if I could go back and do something differently, even though I was subcontracted and not employed, if you don't really know the difference in between those two, basically as a subcontractor, uh, you're self-employed and your supervisor or whoever is giving you your contracts isn't really at liberty to tell you how and when to do what you're doing because that's the self-employed portion. But anyway, looking back, I wish I had asked for some type of orientation equivalent, right? I wasn't employed so an orientation situation wasn't really um something that I could be requested to do because of that but I wish I had asked for that so that as things came up in my first few weeks and months on my own uh, I had that closer supervision not necessarily as in um supervision for clinicianship 100% or not even a long-term thing, but just to kind of know that someone was there at the very beginning to help me out. Because again, I, and maybe you, I was in lots of different buildings each and every day. I was in and out of people's houses. There wasn't necessarily one point person I could go to and I could ask questions to. And so I wish I had relied more on Um, the owner of the private practice I was subcontracting through and just kind of set up more meetings with them at the very beginning just to make sure that some of the things I didn't know I didn't know, (laughs) uh, I learned those things sooner. So that's my first advice for you is to just ask for help. Just see who is um, a superior is the word that is on my tongue, but that's not necessarily the word I would like to use, but see who can guide you, who can give you that assistance. My other piece of advice is to enjoy this transitional time in your life. And I know that's so much easier said than done. I was so fortunate to have um, about a month and a half to two months between my internship and when I started my first music therapy position. And I know not everyone is in that position. I cannot imagine what it's like to be trying to find a job right now. So my heart goes out to all of you in this transitional period, but as much as you can, my advice is to embrace it. During that month to two months in my life, I basically took the mindset that I was retired. (laughs) I was like, you know, my internship's done. I've accomplished everything that is required of me. And until my start date at my new job, um, I don't really have any huge responsibilities. I totally recognize that that is a privilege. But during that time, I really allowed myself to rest. I read books. I just enjoyed some downtime and not having any major responsibilities. I spent time with my family. I spent time in the sunshine. I slept in. Um, Yeah, and I really just kind of 
told myself, hey, I'm retired for this, this two months. I'm going to see what retirement feels like. And no matter what part of your life you're in, if you are able to, in the middle of a transition between jobs or between responsibilities or obligations, if you're able to really lean into that, my advice is to do it. And that can even be on a vacation or on a weekend or on an evening, you know, when you're able to put down your clinician self, when you're able to put your work aside, really lean into that time. Um, And I guess what this is getting to is balance, finding balance. But especially for when you're a student and you have kind of those longer vacations, when you're waiting for your internship to start, or when you're waiting for your first music therapy position to start, my advice is to really just enjoy that. It can feel like you're waiting for your life to start or you're waiting for the next thing and it can feel overwhelming and you want to rush through those things. But my advice is to not soak them up. You have the rest of your life to work a job, whether it's the first one you get or not. So during those transition times, enjoy them. So yeah, my two pieces of advice are to ask for help and to enjoy the season of life you're in right now. Thank you so much to Kim for including me in this episode and thank you to you, the listeners. I hope you have a wonderful day. I've been working as a music therapist for 15 years and the journey from internship to the career I have now has been uh, kind of a windy one with a couple of bumps and detours along the way, but I can honestly say that my knowledge of and passion for the field of music therapy has only grown the longer I've been in the field. Um, I think the first thing that I wish I had known or I guess understood as a new professional was that I could be my own unique, authentic self with my own therapeutic approach and my own communication style. Um, I wish I'd relied more on my creativity and trusted in my own skills rather than trying to conform to other music therapists that I looked up to. I think a lot of my insecurity, I guess, in the beginning was born from the fact that my first job was in special education, um, a population that a prior supervisor once told me I would never be cut out for. And I really took those words to heart because I looked up to that person, so I figured their assessment had to be right. Um, It wasn't until I really started listening, I guess is the best word, listening to myself and to my clients, to all the teachers that I worked with and um, the supervisors and colleagues that I looked up to that I began to really trust myself and my skills. And I realized I had as much right to be in this field as anyone and that I could support my clients in their pursuits and that I and they would have so much fun doing so. I ended up working in special um, education in the school setting for four years before pursuing other opportunities. And I'm so glad I did because the experiences that I had there, positive and negative and everything in between, had a huge impact on the progression of my career and, um, and where I am today. I also wish that I had known that my clients' progress and happiness couldn't come at the expense of my own, that I didn't have to sacrifice myself, my time and energy and sleep and own creative pursuits um, in order to be the best therapist I could be. The 
first time I heard the term self-care was probably like 10 years into my career. And it was the first time I realized how okay and normal and necessary it was to care for myself. And that when I didn't, I was much less effective as a therapist because I was running on empty. I thought that being the best I could be meant being busy all the time. And I burned out pretty quickly toward the end of my first year in the field. Um, I took a break that summer and I think it wasn't until I took that summer off to kind of rest and regroup that I really noticed how much more space I had for my clients, my music and everything really when I started prioritizing, you know, caring for myself. Um, I won't say it's easy. The balance of self-care and work can be a challenge at times. <clears throat> Thank you, COVID. But also, I know what will happen if I don't take that focus on myself. Um, I think maybe the most important thing I've learned and my biggest piece of advice to interns and new professionals is um, it's really the same advice that I have for my clients, and that is to honor yourself, period. Know your strengths and pursue your passions and share your authentic self with the world. Understand your challenges and limitations, but know that every human has challenges and that whatever yours are, they don't make you any less of a person or less effective of a therapist. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it because we all need it sometimes. I still need it sometimes. And lastly, I guess always be open to new knowledge and new experiences. Um, I always tell my interns now that I hope to learn just as much from them as they do from me. And even though my clinical experience might be far greater, their knowledge and perspective and all the amazing work they do is just as important to the field of music therapy as mine. These have been so rich, so good. I'm so grateful for this community, for sharing their thoughts and their advice and their experience and their stories. And I'm excited to record many other episodes like this where you can have, you can hear from many music therapists at once um, and gain so much insight and wisdom from them. So I'm going to end with a couple of my pieces of advice that I would give to my younger self. Um, I went through a lot of hard things in my first few years of being a music therapist. And um, I don't want anyone to go through what I went through, which is why I created this podcast. Um, this podcast is really like my my advice to all of you. It's, you know, what I would have wanted to hear as a new professional, as a student, as a music therapist who's just burning out. Just hearing another person say, yeah, I feel that too. I've been through that too. It can be so, so helpful. So one of the things that I would tell my younger self is that things will change in the height of a really difficult job, just know that things will change. They may get better, they may get worse, but they will change. You know, I think about times when I was looking for a music therapy job and it was just like impossible to find one. 
they will change. You might get a job. Something might come your way. Someone might think of you. Um, Or times when I just had to leave a job and didn't know how to leave, when to leave, or if I even should leave. Things will change. You will end up in a different situation, a different scenario a year from now. And that's something that I wish I heard from someone in those really dark, dark times. And along with that, one of the ways that things have changed in my life and in my work is having my own business and advocating for what I need. So for me, um, that looks like having different hours and working fewer hours and charging more money and um, working with clients that I feel like um, I mesh well with. And it's, it's an uncomfortable place to be because you may have to turn down clients or send them off to a, another music therapist, but um, you can do that. And especially with, with your own business, you can do that. So what I would tell my younger self, and I think this is something I figured out along the way, is that you don't have to do things traditionally. And that's part of why. Um, that's part of why this is not your average music therapist. You can leave your perfectly stable full-time job for something that feels more like you. You can work very part-time and do other part-time work to fulfill different parts of your soul. And something that I've been um, stepping into more recently is you can make your own hours. So I was looking at my schedule and I'm definitely not, um, (laughs) not financially where I want to be with the amount of clients that I have. But, um, caseload wise, it feels so good. And I, I see, I saw on my schedule, like I don't start before 11 AM with my clients and I don't work after 5 PM with my clients. And it just feels golden. So, um, you know, it might take a while to get there and it, it might take sacrifices or, adding on other work or doing things creatively, but you can do things your own way. You can make your own hours. You can, you can do things in an, um, untraditional way. Is that the word? Untraditional. So that's another piece of advice. And, um, the thing that I will leave you with is something that um it's it's hard for me to talk about or even think about but it's advice that I wish I heard way sooner than I heard and thankfully I got this advice from one of my supervisors that I've worked with and um it was exactly what I needed to hear and Maybe it's not necessarily advice. Maybe it's just kind of fact. 
<laughs> but that is that not all music therapists are the same. The one music therapist does not dictate the whole of music therapy. I have been in the middle of some awkward and uncomfortable and very hurtful relationships with other music therapists. Um, I think ones that I have alluded to in the past on some other episodes. And it can really, like, mess with the picture that you have of music therapy. Feeling like, if this music therapist is going to say this to me or um, make an impression on me in that way, how, how can I even be a part of this? And I remember the supervisor saying, well, Kim, does that mean that all music therapists are like that? Does that mean all of me, all music therapists are not going to believe in you? Or all music therapists are going to say you have to do things this way? Um, and it, it was kind of a reality check for me to see what's really out there and that the few music therapists that I've encountered that have been honestly just nasty um, aren't what the whole profession is like. And just because one music therapist says something to you, it doesn't mean that that is the Bible, you know, that that is the thing that you have to hold on to. Um, and I know some of the other music therapists on this episode said a similar thing. So I'm here to remind all of you and just hold my younger self and tell her that you can and you will find like-minded music therapists who will support you, who will lift you up, and who will believe in you. And we are right here if you need us. So... Um, I know you don't know the names of the music therapists who spoke today, um, or maybe you do, maybe you recognize their voices, but if there's something that resonated with you from anything that any of us have shared today, um, feel free to reach out, send me a message, um, if, if you want, and if the other music therapist is willing, I can try to get you both in touch so you can talk about something that that music therapist shared um, because we all we all have these stories in common so music therapist from this beautiful community and this um, little episode that was full of, of so much support um May you remember that you are not alone in this. And we'll talk with you soon.